G'day guys, welcome back to another Fair Income episode. We've got the one and only Teddy on today's episode. Officially now, after this episode, our most reoccurring guest. Um, we spoke about all things relating to his recent um, comedy event, which he had down in Melbourne, but also his um, overall Australia tour. We spoke about parenting. We spoke about the idea of creating content, taking that leap of faith, and obviously breaking out of that comfort zone. This guy, this episode's is very, very jam-packed. I don't know how long it is, but I hope you guys enjoy. You know the drill. Make sure to like, share, subscribe. With no further ado, enjoy the episode. Man, every state has a like unique, like, I don't know, man, like footprint, like whatever you want to call it, yeah. right? got queensland obviously super different mm-hmm. um like like you you're saying earlier like people f- from brisbane are like mainly from new zealand yeah that's very common mm-hmm. and like people from brisbane are like yeah no like we only know brisbane queensland that's yeah. it gold coast was like a bodybuilding show at my show wow. just bodybuilders yeah. <laughs> yeah. show yeah man that was that was absolutely wild um man a girl like almost brought me to tears at wow. my gold coast show like I finished up the show and at the end of every show I've stayed back. Yeah. Just because like, right, when I make my videos, I just say likes, comments, That's true. viewership. I never get to meet the people that actually watch me. Yep. And then like, I remember like I'm taking photos and this one woman comes up to me and she's like, oh, hey, how are you? She's like, I love the show. I'm like, oh, thank you. I'm glad. Like for, for a first show, yeah. I'm glad you enjoyed it. And she's like, yeah, but I'll tell you what I also love. I love your videos. And I'm like, oh, I'm glad. She's like, no, no, like really, like I've been diagnosed with cancer mm-hmm. been doing chemotherapy wow. and she's like all i used to do was watch your videos like throughout the whole time and i'm just like yeah. like so I, like i seized up i'm like i don't know, even know what to say mm-hmm. she's like you know I'm more clear now yeah she's like so when you announce the show like I'll come out and i had to come yeah i had to come out and support and see you you know i guess like it's the beginning of something huge yeah. right because it's always like everyone hears those stories of like yeah oh, i remember when he did a mm. show here mm. and then perfect example andrew schultz yeah when he came out and did John Kane Arena, yeah, like all the comics were like, oh, I remember when Andrew Schultz did yeah. Comics Lounge, 400 people, and yeah. now he's doing arenas. Yeah. So I think it was like a sweet thing to see, like, hey, you know what? I'm supporting you. Like, I paid a ticket yeah. as a vote for you to go and do mm. well. So that was awesome. And so sort of on top of that as well, you often see those type of comments you know, on like under YouTube videos. It's like, hey, this has got me through a troubled time and this and that, you know what I mean? But then to get that personal interaction where someone actually goes out of the way to like verbally um, like interact with you and tell you that in person like goes beyond measure. Like what does that do to your psyche when you like hear stuff like that? It's priceless because like, you know, we're just so accustomed to scrolling through our phone and yeah. check like reading it. Mm-hmm. And then you're just like, oh yeah, that feels good. And then you put your phone down and it never, but when you have that personal connection where you look at someone in the eyes and they're telling you yeah. like, bro, you're, you're the funniest, me, my family, you made it to the family group chat. That's yeah. one I always get, especially at Perth. Yeah. I was telling you boys, like Perth was awesome. I never knew so many Africans watched me. <laughs> Everyone is like, oh man, my auntie's sending in the family group chat. Yeah. And we all laugh at it. And I'm just like, bro, this is beautiful. So, you know, like it just, like I said, just validates everything that I thought uh-huh. and everything that I'm doing. Mm-hmm. I'm like, all right, cool. I'm going the right way. This is the right thing, way to go about things. Because at the start of the tour, I was always, it was all like, oh yeah, you know, it's fun making videos. Correct. And then that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Like I just put up a video get views get likes get comments but after a while we just become desensitized to it anyway that's true so it's just like oh yeah cool got views next video yeah um but yeah having those personal connections absolutely priceless and like i said just validated every thought i've had along the way and even into the tour like you're navigating into something that's completely new as well 
you know like it's very like after a while it's very comfortable to go sit in your car turn on the i don't know the camera app bang hit record and post that video you know what i mean and have no mention of it and not think twice about it after a while you get into the rhythm or whatnot you know what i mean but then now to decide hey i'm gonna go like pretty much put myself out there not that i wasn't already and go tour around australia and everyone see me live that's a whole new level like you've taken it to a different ball game you know what i mean of course so you know, to the thing you said at the start, talking to a camera and talking to a microphone, yeah, it's two complete different games, man. Correct, yeah. And you know, I remember I did the first few shout out to Comics Lounge for letting me come in and you know try out my material. Mm-hmm. I remember like holding the microphone and I'm just like, I felt so limp. Yeah. Like I remember just holding the microphone. I'm just like, bro, this feels so weird. Mm-hmm. And then like, you, you got to actually hold it as close to your mouth as possible. And then you know, you can't speak too loud. Gotcha. And then like in the car, it sounds like I'm projecting my voice. So yeah. I'm like still trying to find my voice and everything. Mm. And I'll like, I tell everyone, I'm like, man, this tour was just to find my voice. Also see if I'm actually going to enjoy it. Yeah. Because for all we know, I could have jumped on stage yeah. for an hour and just did bad jokes and then maybe get a few sympathy laughs. And then at the end of it, be like, oh, thank God that's over. Never do it again. True. But yeah. super grateful to, you know, go out of my comfort zone mm-hmm. and try something completely new. And it's probably the best thing I've done. And yeah. <laughs> something that you said inter- earlier as well, yeah. which I wish we got on camera is like, I think there was also that whole like, oh, you know, he does comedy, but he isn't a stand-up comedian. So there was also that element, which, you know, like I felt at shows. Yeah. It was like almost like, oh yeah, is this guy going to do well? A hundred percent. You know, like, yeah, he can talk, he can talk smack to a camera on TikTok and Instagram but can he, you know, make a crowd laugh? And, yeah. you know, doing those rounds at the comics lounge really, really helped because yeah. it was like, I can make these people laugh. Then people who've watched my videos, get my sense of humor, get the delivery. They should be sweet. A hundred percent. I want to know just, just for like the audience or whatever, and even for us as well, can you take it back a little bit? Because you've just come, uh, just come off the tour, you know? But where did this idea like come from? Because Teddy a year ago was venturing out into other content means. You know, he was mainly on social media, TikTok, whatever, Instagram. But where did the whole, hey, I'm going to go do a comedy um, tour all around Australia, possibly overseas, like where did the idea come from? So you look at it like this, probably the first podcast we did, Yeah, I was all, like adamant, like, bro, I don't want to be working for brands. I don't yeah. want to be working with brands. And the reality is, man, like I just sat down with my family mm-hmm. or just my wife and I. And we're just like, you know, like, what's the next thing? Yeah. You know, how can I make this a live experience where people can come out, have a laugh as well? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want it to be like, oh, yeah, just come see me here and we'll just have a conversation. I want it to be, how can I deliver the videos on an hour scale? And, um, bro, I grew up watching Dave Chappelle. Yeah. <laughs> and Go. I'm just like, bro, I wish I could do that. Go. Yeah. And, um, you know, like, I remember being 12 years old, watching the Chappelle show watching his like stand-up comedy, Def Jam comedy as well mm-hmm. with Martin Lawrence, mm-hmm. Bernie Mac and all of them, rest in peace. Um, it was just like, yeah, how can I emulate that? Because stand-up comedy is a mainstream in Australia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No one ever turns around to the boys like, oh yeah, oh, yeah. what are we doing this Tuesday or Wednesday? Oh, let's go watch comedy. But people are more likely to go to like the casino, yeah. go smoke shisha with the boys. Or, you know, get together, watch a UFC, anything, but you'll never ever hear someone do stand-up comedy. Yeah. So I was like, all right, cool what's sort of that you know next thing that how can i scale the videos and it's like cool there's only so many videos i can make Mm -hmm. to make it a live experience stand-up comedy yeah lucky for me the style that i wrote my videos Mm -hmm. matched stand-up comedy so it's like all right cool it's not going to be too hard yep and then worst comes to worst like 
I'll speak to people that have done stand-up comedy and they'll sort of show me like the ropes in how to deliver the jokes yep. from short snappy to a bit more like storytelling yeah. form. And, you know, like one of the main feedbacks that I got was like, oh, it's not like your videos, you know, doing stand-up. Which and is I'm, a positive, yeah? I'm like, that's exactly what, what I wanted I want. to be. Yeah. 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 yeah, that's what I wanted to be. You know, mm -hmm. imagine... Imagine I sat there for 60 minutes and just said, da, 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 and you can't change my mind. Yeah. And then a minute later, da, 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 and you yeah. can't change my mind. Yeah. And it's like, bro, it's going to get old. Yeah, It's going to get old. That's the whole point. And um, so we're like, all right, cool. How do we go about this? And then the company, you know, subhanAllah, a company reached out yeah. and they're like, oh, you know, would you be interested in doing a tour? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh my God, we just spoke about this. Yeah. Yes. And then that fell through. Okay. That fell through. Didn't work out. Just negotiations. Mm -hmm. Then... I resigned from my job. Okay. From Derma Gym. I heard about that, yeah. Yeah. I, I resigned from my job and then a second company reached out. Yeah. And the same thing, negotiations just didn't like... Wait, can you hold that one second? So you resigned from your job not having anything lined up? No, no, not, not having anything cemented. Yeah. But knowing that, hey, this is something I'm going to give a crack. Yeah. And we'll see if something can come out of it. Because I always thought like, hey, you know what? If I go out mm -hmm. and just try stand-up comedy... Maybe I'll be good enough for someone to be like, hey, you know what? You've got potential. Come work with us. True. Or even if I've got something in the field, mm -hmm. it'll be worth it. And um, yeah, the second company, same thing, negotiation. So the, f the first company almost like wanted like had high expectations of me. Mm -hmm. The second company had like, ah, oh, yeah, oh, you, you could do a show in Melbourne. You could do mm -hmm. a show maybe in Sydney. Yeah. Um, maybe we'll get a hundred seater. And I was just like, nah. And then... I'm just like, you know what? I'll just do my work with KO Sports, just do the basics. Yep. And then the third company reached out and they're like, hey, this this is what we have envisioned for you. Yeah. What do you want to do? And I'm like, yeah, this is what I want to do. They're like, yeah, done. We signed the paperwork. And because I was meant to go to Japan for my birthday. Correct. Yeah. And then <laughs> yeah. ended up being like, oh, no, the tour would have to be like October, <laughs> November. And I'm like, all right, done. Don't worry about Japan. <laughs> yeah, I love yeah, my birthday pretty much. <laughs> that's it, yeah, <laughs> man. Wait, I, yeah. yeah, exactly. That can wait. And I, I can always go to Japan. Yeah. yeah so it's like true. it's something that can always come around eventually. So, so how yeah. was it starting the process of, you know, changing your content in terms of, you said you're speaking to someone about like doing a long form and obviously slowing it down. It's more like, a dialogue than just a 30 second TikTok video. How was that to start like changing it up? Of course, it probably wasn't normal to you. I don't know like, how that was. So I think making it longer, what like wouldn't have been too hard just because like f experience from doing YouTube videos and stuff like that. So the joke, the, the writing, the joke process wasn't the hard part. Hard part was, hey, am I going to make the distance? Yeah. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah. So yeah. you guys have, you know, you guys have done combat sports training. Yeah. Anyone can throw a punch after they've learned it a bit, anyone can grapple after learning it. Can um, they do it for three rounds, five rounds? Yeah. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> yeah. And um, that, that was my main concern. Mm -hmm. was just like, hey, can I make the distance of 60 minutes? Because I was going comics lounge. My first set at comics lounge was five minutes. I couldn't even make the 10 minutes wow. Wow. because I was mistiming the laughs. Like the, the crowd would be laughing and then I'd start the joke and I'm just like, the, the guys at the bar, like shout out to the guys at comics lounge. They're like, Relax. Bro, you just got to relax. Slow down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's no rush. You yeah. know, there's no rush. There's no nothing. So the troubles that I had are like unorthodox compared to what everyone has. Everyone's like, oh man, I can't come up with jokes. Mm. I'm like, bro, I've got the jokes. Yeah. I just got to figure out how to say them In time. To, sh to stretch it out. Do you yeah. reckon one of those things is like also embracing a bit of the silence in between the jokes? Because I've realized Dave Chappelle's pretty good at that. Mm -hmm. With just embracing the silence, giving it a, 
a good few seconds, which is a long time yeah. for a comedian, I can imagine, on stage, and then saying the next thing or the next story or the next... Definitely experience. getting comfortable and especially like a comedy club and a theatre are two completely different atmospheres, right? In a comedy club, it feels super intimate. Yeah, true. Whilst at a theatre, if someone's laughing all the way in the back, that's 50 metres away, <laughs> right? Yeah. And that laugh, like last laugh can come through. Oh, yeah, and like, true, you're true, right? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. that's why like someone was laughing. Yeah. And pro even at the Melbourne show, I'm like, bro, is this going to die up internet? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you realise like the laugh takes a bit to travel. Sometimes the joke, you know, has to marinate a bit before people are like, true. oh yeah, I know what he's doing. Or I know what he's trying to do or what he's done. So yeah, it just depends on the setting as well. Being comfortable with silence, finding my voice. And also, yeah, I think finding my voice is the most important one. Like, I, I can't stress it. So how long do you think it took you in terms of um, finding your voice? Or you thinking you found your voice and being comfortable on stage? Honestly, I'm still working on it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and I think it's one of those things where every tour will be like a whole different ball game just because I'll be trying to find my voice every single time. And also it depends on the story that I'm telling. Yeah. Right? The, you know, some things I might have to go very mellow. You know, even like performance you know like performance enhancing right mm -hmm. i thought like yeah the first show i gotta go just caffeinate jump on stage and you know i'll be good energetic you can't yeah bro like my first performance at the comics lounge i remember i was driving stopped at rosewater grabbed a coffee drove to the comics lounge i jumped on stage i was so anxious yeah and then you add the caffeine so i was even more anxious yeah, yeah. and bro if uh, like if i show you guys the video from that first set i was breathing so heavily yeah. because i was like hi guys mm -hmm. yeah the heart is racing yeah, yeah my heart's racing and like i'm trying not to vomit at the same time as just uh, like you know anxiety plus caffeinated so i'm like all right cool that that doesn't work yeah let me just can that mm -hmm. and then you know the next time i went on like without caffeine it was better and i'm like all right cool and then like i said before there are some people that drink some people with you know that take other stuff yeah. so there are some people that have you know the wim hof before you know <laughs> jumping on stage Every, everyone has their method so i'm still trying to find that but you know so far I just let it rip and there's not one method for everyone like i know andrew schultz was speaking about this as well like he like most comedians i guess in his world like drink prior to like a perfectly like a normal perfectly which normal. is perfectly normal he personally can't do that mm. you know because he just makes he feels that makes him a bit out of touch with like the crowd or whatever you know what i mean i guess it's like the same like even with us i was saying to ali on the drive here like there's certain like i have sort of like a pre-podcast ritual you know where like I'd I like to have uh, a coffee beforehand and a cold shower beforehand, just so then like it sort of balances out, you know. Sometimes if I don't have coffee or caffeine, then I'd go have just a pre workout, you know. But I can only have that pre workout with certain guests, you know, because certain guests, because I don't know them, you know how you got that natural like anxious feeling, you know, I mean how the conversation is going to start or whatever, gets heightened with that caffeine. So then I know not to do that like prior to like sort of like that episode you know so it's almost like sort of like finding your feet but i wanted to know though yeah so what does it take to go from barely making the 10 minute cut at the comedy lounge to refining it and then making an hour say like what's what's even the time frame between that like a couple of months so i had three months I three think. months yeah, yeah two to three months um dude it's just like literally writing jokes yeah and then structuring it as you go yeah, yeah, like the same set that I had in Gold Coast, I didn't have in Brisbane, and gotcha. then the one from Brisbane that I took to Perth wasn't the same thing, and then the one from Perth, Adelaide, every city it changes up because yeah. you get feedback. That's the beauty of the internet. That's Some true. people are not shy. Yeah, straight after a show they'll message me. I like this. I didn't like this. I like this. I didn't like this. 
And you know, I'm t- I'm type of person, bro. I'm open minded. I'm yeah. not gonna sit there and say, hey, you don't do stand up comedy, you don't tell me what to do. I'm like, hey, you know what? If they still follow me after a show, and they're giving me this feedback, it's, chances are it's probably because they care. Yeah. Good sign. Yeah. Yeah. If it's someone that doesn't follow me and is just sending me like a like a like complete different message, I'm just like, <laughs> you don't you don't even support me. You haven't come to a show yeah. or like, oh, I heard this was thing. So can't take that. Yeah, feedback. no, they yeah. can't take that feedback. So uh, always adjust depending yeah. on feedback, and as well as just probably with jokes for me personally, just write. Yeah, just write, and then when the time comes to tour, it's one of those things where I'll structure it closer to the date mm. because you can never have too many jokes. That is true. Yeah, right, and then s- something can like you know get lifted to the next level, and I think that's the perks of being at comedy clubs, open mics, and everything. You say a joke. And then someone will come up to you, be like, bro, like I like that joke. Yeah. Just say it this way or add this to it mm-hmm. and it'll bring like levels. Mm. Like one of the main jokes is the Jetstar joke that yeah, I yeah. say at the show, yeah. right? That originally just started off as like, um, you know, uh, don't worry about boy math or girl math. Yeah. What about Jetstar math? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it costs you 50 bucks to go there, 60 yeah, yeah. bucks to go here. Yeah. And then it ends up being 470. At checkout, yeah. Yeah, right? <laughs> And then one of the guys at Comics Lounge come up to me. He's like, "Bro, you got to you got to speak about the luggage yeah. situation, luggage price." True. And I'm like, "How did I think of that?" Yeah. So sometimes you know, just saying something differently. Mm-hmm. And then I took that joke, put it in the ethnic parents, instead of doing it in the Jetstar one. Gotcha. Yeah. And so and there are things that you're just gonna shift and mm-hmm. shove around. So how drastically does it change from like one show to another in terms of like the com uh, the content? First 10, 15 minutes yeah. will always be city specific. Um, you know, coming to Melbourne, I felt comfortable being in front of people that mm-hmm. I know. So I felt comfortable speaking about every other city and my experience leading up to it. Yeah. Because I know this crowd that came out to Melbourne, majority of people that were coming out were just hey, like, I know you, I'm here to support you. Yeah. Right. So I felt super comfortable to share every experience that I went in Queensland, Western Australia, South Australia. Does, oh, sorry, sorry, Finland, yeah. Finland. And then whilst in every other city, it's like, I'm going to talk about my experience in your city. Mm to you know get a different set of lens on it yeah doesn't that make you more nervous though coming home yes because there's the pressure to yeah. perform and i think as well bro like like oh, i haven't spoken to anyone after yeah. the show <laughs> yeah but i remember like coming off coming onto the stage yeah. everyone clapping and everything as i went to grab the mic there was a guy in the crowd and this guy was literally looking like this <laughs> Wow. So imagine you're about to do the biggest show of your life and someone's looking at you like, bro, you better make us laugh. Yeah. That was the first look that I got. So there's that pressure as well of, hey, my missus dragged me to watch you. So you better be funny. That's true. So there's that pressure, people you know, family, which family haven't even come to terms, the fact that I'm doing this. Gotcha. Right? It's like still trying to explain, like I said at the show, <laughs> it's hard to explain to people that yeah. I'm doing what I'm doing yeah. because some people just don't get it. 100%. You know? And you mentioned the dad story as well. Yeah, you know? exactly. My dad's just like, thumbs cool, up. man. Yeah. You sold out the Enmore Theatre. <laughs> okay, thumbs up. <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, t- to me, that's the biggest achievement, man, to have the Enmore Theatre, one of the most prestigious comedy theatres in New South Wales yeah. to sell out. You know, people, bro, like, Dude, like my poster was right next to Best Sam's. Yeah. Like, bro, like yeah. people don't compute that. Yeah. People see someone that has been doing it for over 10 years and someone who's been doing it for six weeks. Uh-huh. Uh, they don't compute the fact that, dude, we are performing in the same place. I managed to sell out the floor after doing it for six weeks. Yeah. Like it, yeah. it, it doesn't process. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, bro, some people won't give me my flowers. That's okay. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where the pressure comes. Yeah. 
at what point does it you know because before we're talking about how like it can sort of be a cop-out because you're not a comedian so if you fail then it's like all good you tried whatever cool yeah at what point do you realize damn like i've done something was it that basam uh, post that you made when it was side by side was it the fact that you got 800 people coming to melbourne to support you what was it i think the f- the moment that i'm like oh man we're really in this mm-hmm. is like when i pulled up to the Enmore theater because i told my wife like hey like i just want to go to Enmore theater let's go to that area we'll eat dinner the night before the show because mm-hmm. every night before the show i can't have dairy chili are two things i can't have before a show 24 to 40 hours before a specific show. to you to me yeah yep. Um, just as soon as I have it, my voice is out the window. Okay. Um, just in terms of like long distance, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. um, so chili and dairy. So but I'm just but like, how did you how did you find that out? <laughs> the problem with me every time I eat Asian food, bro. Yeah. I love Asian food, yeah. man. I live for Asian food. I'm the type of person, bro. If I'm not eating Asian food, sweating my ass off, yeah. with <laughs> kilos of chili putting in it, yeah. I'm not eating Asian food. Yeah. Right. So I just really enjoy that experience of, you know, having a bowl of pho or laksa or like whatever and just sweating on top of the plate, right? Yeah. However, my voice cuts off for the next 48 hours. So I always knew that. Gotcha. Dairy, <laughs> yeah. comics lounge. Oh, okay. Just uh, one of those things where I'm just like, bro, like every comedian that I met there was like people that have performed in front of thousands and people who have performed in no, no more than 20. And bro, like, what's your tip? What's your tip? And the most consistent thing was like, hey, like probably avoid dairy the night before. Mm, for yeah. the stomach or for the voice, that one? Both. Okay. Yeah, wow. both. So it's just like, you know, you don't want to be, you know, shitting yourself on stage and then probably shitting yourself <laughs> yeah. at the same time. So those are two things. So we pulled up to the end more. Mm-hmm. And mind you, someone has sent me the photo of my poster in front of the Sims. But I didn't tell my wife. And the Uber pulls up to the theater. And she jumps out of the car and I'm like, oh, look behind you. And she looks up and it's just like my photo, Bassam and a couple of other acts next to it. And she's just like, oh my God, yeah. you know? And then that was like the first time that I'm just like, oh, wow. Jerry. Yeah, massive. Jerry, like, man, this is massive, bro. This is the M Moore Theater. Yeah. You know, like what's next? The Opera House. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> right? Yeah. And I'm just like, all right, cool. This is amazing. And then when the boy sent me the text to say like floor, sold out mm-hmm. and i'm like all right cool man we're really in this yeah this, this is real this is you know this is what i'm capable of mm-hmm. um does that make you even like because obviously that's when you got to new south wales and whatnot prior to that show there's also that little bit of a cop-out where it's like the people in my home city sort of don't know how well i'm going to perform or how well I've performed in the past because it's it's been in perth it's been in adelaide and whatnot when you're coming to melbourne does that now give you a bit of extra pressure as well on top of the pressure that you already have? Yes and no. Like put it this way. We sold, I won't put a figure to it. We mm-hmm. sold a large amount of tickets mm-hmm. after people saw photos from the Sydney show yeah. for the Melbourne show. Mm-hmm. So sometimes, and I get it, man, it's humans. Yeah. Sometimes they need to see that social proof to believe. They need to see other people have a good time before they can buy a ticket. Yeah. yeah. Right. And like, I get it. I won't hold that against anyone. And, um, so there was that pressure of like, all right, cool. People have high expectations because they've seen other people enjoy themselves. So they're like, oh yeah, this guy's going to do well. Um, yeah, that. And like I said, just performing in front of yeah. friends and family because these are people you're going to see around. So if you do a shit job, people are going to come up, man. They're going to yeah. let you know. Yeah. And they're not shy, bro. That You know, you know, people, they're going to come up and be like, it wasn't all that. Mm. Yeah. Even even I remember like a couple of days um Oh no! The, sorry, the the day you posted that story of the Sydney show, I remember sending it to the group chat with the boys, 
I'm like, damn, Teddy's actually like done it. Not saying that you weren't going to do it, but like, it's hard to like, I guess envision it. Yeah, but also like, for example, like when you've got three hundred thousand followers on Instagram and then X amount like on TikTok, you know, to translate that into real life, like it's actual work. You know what I mean? It's like people are here to actually see you regardless of it. You know what I mean? Because like someone might subscribe to you or follow you on Instagram because you've got that extra amount of followers. You know what I mean? So it's like, okay, cool. This guy makes decent content. You know what I mean? But for someone then to go out of their way, like book off and clear a Friday night to go see you. And then that ends up being 900 people in a city that you're not from. That's a whole different ball game. You know what I mean? So it's like kudos to that at the same time, you know? I think, uh, thank you, but yeah. I think... Uh, i got to like give you a flowers. Perth, Perth was that moment for me. It was like, oh my God, man, the other side of the country and people coming out to support. That was awesome. Awesome feeling. So thank, thank you. Mm. But yeah, man, Perth and Sydney really showed out. And like even Brisbane, like bro, every city that I went to was just mad love. Mm -hmm. Like it was insane. Was there an interaction that you had on your tour that was like, because you know how you said people are not shy to like give you that feedback, give you that critique where it's like, it was a bit standoffish and it's like this was like unnecessary like people like kind of nasty like that no um yeah. i feel like like i said the only message like after the show people will message and be like bro i had the time of my life i've never even been stand-up comedy and i decided to come see you and it was the best thing ever mm. so you know not only am i helping other comics but i'm also you know like trying to set up my own pro like profile as a stand-up comedian and then there were messages where it's, it's like hey bro it's, mm -hmm. it's not like the videos like it was funny, but it wasn't like the videos. Mm -hmm. And it's, you know, but you know, that falls on their expectations because, you know, it's my first show, my first tour, yeah. and it's two different mediums. That's true. Right? It's, it'll be like getting a panel beater to do your mechanic work. Like yeah. he's going to know, but he's not going to do 100% what a mechanic yeah, exactly. can do. And, you know, like I'll, I'll, took that, I'll take that feedback on and I'll just say thank you. Hopefully I'll get to see you at the next show. If not, man, there's videos, they're for free. You know, like I'll keep making them, man. Like if it brings you some sort of joy, the the good days that I get from that are worth more than you know the money you're gonna pay for the ticket. So that's all good, yeah. you know. And the brand, there were some people that said like, I bought a ticket. I actually won't, won't be able to make it, but I'm not gonna refund the ticket because I want to support you. Out of love, then that yeah, out of love. So you know the support's there, and um, yeah. But there's been no feedback that sort of like rattled me or anything like yeah, that. It's just been like just genuine constructive criticism, mm -hmm. and I think my biggest critics always like my wife and my tour manager in the sense of I'll come off stage yeah. and they'll be like, all right, cool. Like in the Uber yeah. back to the hotel, they'll be like, all right, cool. Bam, 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 bam. Everything was good. Mm -hmm. This one dragged on a little bit, taper back. This one probably you could do a bit more yeah. of. Um, people really laughed at this one, do more of that. Mm -hmm. So it was just like really constructive uh, criticism. So, you know, like I wouldn't want any other way. Mm -hmm. yeah. I was going to ask um, post um, episode, uh, not post episode, um, post-performance what is that feeling like when you've got your city clapping for you you know what i mean all showed up for you you know now you've done your one hour segment you yeah. know and mind you that one hour segment did not feel like one hour. i gotta say that as well that was like the funnier part as well um but after like an hour or so everyone's just like there for teddy just clapping after you've done it all you know what i mean and you've done it as well because you've made it out of the group chat in a sense you know because it was like a year and a half ago when we done the pod and obviously you mentioned it to us that you want to do comedy and all that kind of stuff, you know? And it's easier said than done to be like, hey, I'm going to do it, you know what I mean? But then go do it on like the big stage. And I know you're very like, you're, you're at the very like start of your career, obviously, inshallah, there's, there's big and better things to come from it, you know? But it's like, 
did you get that like relief feeling like it's like all the serotonin in the world of course yeah. Um, the fact that it was over, it was like, all right, cool. Like, I don't have to perform. I can just actually be grateful to the people that came in and supported me. Um, you know, and like, especially they cut the lights on as soon as my hour was done. Mm-hmm. So to look in the crowd and see people that, you know, like I wouldn't have never expected to come to the show, mm-hmm. we're there. Mm-hmm. You know, so it was like just an awesome feeling. And like I said, just putting faces to names and like, but some of these people like I've DM'd once, yeah. like they've messaged me saying I love your videos, and I'm like, oh, thank you. Hope to see you at my show or something like that. And, you know, they decided, like you said, to clear out their Friday. Mm-hmm. Some people organise a babysitter as well mm-hmm. to come out and see the show. So, you know, I'm forever grateful for that. So obviously a relief, the serotonin kicks in. And after every show, I've had the worst night's sleep okay. because it's such a high, right? Like yeah. Sydney, two, three hours sleep. Yep. Perth, three hours sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, Melbourne, I slept well. But then again, I'll go back home, right? Every other place, it's like three hours and then I'll wake up. Yeah. So I'll get back to the hotel by midnight, 3 a.m., 4 a.m., I'm up. And there's also the thought that you've got to go to the next city as well and still perform. Whereas now in Melbourne, it's like, right, I'm done. What the hell? (laughs) There's also like that self-critic inside me where it's like, oh man, I should say that joke better. Yeah. Like sometimes like that will kick in as well. Mm -hmm. Sometimes that feedback post-show will like just marinate and then like I'll wake up and I'll be like, Oh man, I gotta write this joke. Yeah, I gotta do this. I gotta do that. So, I gotta ask you one content that you specifically mentioned in your um, in your comedy show in Melbourne. Did you actually get a vasectomy? Yes, you actually got a vasectomy. Yeah, man, I got a vasectomy. This was um, it's been a year. I think yeah. a year and a bit. Yeah, okay, I actually good. got a vasectomy. That's that's a true story. That is actually so a true story. my mum found out. Everyone found out in the crowd. In at all at the same time. All at the same time. No, no one. No one knows except for my wife. Obviously, yeah, yeah. Yeah, wow. yeah we looked yeah. at each other straight away like we have to bring this up on the podcast. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. Yeah. Like I'm open about it. Like I'm not the type of person to hide anything like, you know, oh, bro, I got it done. <laughs> I got it <laughs> done, it, man. It, got the snip and like that. <laughs> that's, that's that's the best thing about comedy, you know. I wanted this stand-up comedy to be like, like I'm telling you my true story. Yeah. And like I'll never forget something. Like I used to work with a guy named Damien and he always like, bro, people love pe- people like you because you're Teddy. He's like, but once they find out who Rashid is, they're going to love you. Even more. Amazing, and I'm yeah. just like, you know what, bro? For this first tour, let me go out there and just give sort of like a framework of my life and hopefully people can relate and laugh at my sort of upbringing yeah. and hopefully it's relatable to certain people because we've all sort of come up yeah. in the same sort of era. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, so, but the vasectomy is 100% real. Yeah, that story is 100% real. I remember we like straight away, we all looked at it like, no, he's, this, this is the joke. He's pulling, <laughs> pulling our leg. Do you get what I mean? Yeah, just to make content. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nah, nah, nah. That's the thing with the comedy as well. You don't know which part is like true, which yeah, part with is like nah. comedians. You know right? what I mean? Yeah. Nah. But so there's probably also an element of truth to everything. But obviously, it's said in a way that you know what I mean can garner the attention of the audience. You know what I mean? Can be even respectful. the legs compliment. Everything was a hundred percent true. Yeah. That was literally my vasectomy experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So no, no DMs about vasectomies or any quit. No, no, I'll take any yeah, questions. Sure. <laughs> do, you, uh, do you plan on posting any of that content? No, nah, so th- this is the one stand-up comedy show that I did not want to record. Okay. Um, How come? Recording in a setting like that, obviously the costs of it, number True. one. Yep. Number two, I'd rather record my stuff in a comedy club where you can actually get the full proper quality laughs and everything because the acoustics yeah. of theatres and certain places, mm-hmm. you're just not going to get that real good hearty content. True. So I'm like, you know what? I'll redo these jokes, do them better mm-hmm. at places Okay. Like next week, and you know, like whenever I go comics lounge or any sort of corporate gig, yeah. record them there. 
That way we can get like an actual hearty piece of content where it's thing. And you know what? I can always turn them into normal car videos and people sure. who didn't pay their tickets, they can see, see it eventually. Yeah. It's almost like when UFC uploads a fight like six months later, it's like, oh yeah, cool. At that point, it's, it's like- Yeah, at can. that point, it's like, cool, man. I've already written new stuff. Take it. Yeah, true, true. Because I remember when we were heading into the theater, that was like the first thing they told us. They're like, no cameras, like don't record. You go to me. Yeah. I'm thinking, where's that coming from? Is that coming from a management point of perspective? But I'm like- it might also be from a content point of perspective. It's like, you don't want that content out there just yet. So it's like, and I've never, mind you, have never been to a, like, what do you call it? A comedic event or whatever. Stand-up comedy. Like a stand-up yeah. comedy event. Yeah. You know, I was trying to find the word for it. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say comedy festival. Yeah. I was like, that's not even right itself. But I've never been to one. And I was trying to go to Andrew Schultz beforehand. I was like, okay, maybe this is a thing that happens there where it's like, because they want it to be intimate just for the audience that are there don't repost my stuff until I've reposted it, you know? There's that. And I think like when you're at the level of someone like Andrew Schultz or Dave Chappelle, mm -hmm. things can go very right. Mm -hmm. Things can go very wrong. Yeah. And they also don't want to rinse the joke that they've like spent. Like I spent three months writing my show. Correct, yeah. Last thing I want is, you know, uh, someone in the crowd recording it and putting it up on TikTok, mm -hmm. but I've still got like six cities to perform to mm -hmm. and they've seen that joke. Yeah. Because then the, the worst you feeling you want to do is be in the crowd like this like, oh, yeah, we know what's coming up. All right. So I'm just like, you know what? I can either turn them into my videos and also do them at settings where, like, it's going to get a heartier laugh yeah. and I'll probably be a lot sharper as well. Yeah, facts, facts, facts. So then we can turn that into the stand-up comedy material or video material and then, yeah. Mm -hmm. So then what is the plan for Teddy going forward now? Because obviously you're not at your old job, Dermot. Yep. You know what I mean? I know you're working for KO and you've got the comedy gig going. Yep. Yeah. What's the go going forward? The go going forward, make more videos, mm -hmm. um, do more stand-up, just get better at that. Gotcha. Um, and also tour next year, man. Yeah, actually yeah, def tour definitely tour. Well. Yeah, I've already started. Oh, I'll start off in probably just Australia and New Zealand. Yeah. Um, give that a crack. Mm -hmm. um, pending when this episode's coming, I've got something in Asia next yeah. year. Wow. Um, so yeah, give that a crack Japan. as well. Pardon? I wish, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I'm definitely true. not Japan, man. I'll just bag out the grown men watching cartoons, bro. <laughs> 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 um, <laughs> that you're off um, yeah. So we've got something in Asia and mm -hmm. there's talks, right? The opportunities, doors open at any time. You know, I could, you know, flip my phone now and an email come through like, hey, we need you mm -hmm. here and I'll go. And I'm the type of person, like I said before, Give me a microphone, a camera or a crowd, and I'm there. You're there, yeah. Yeah, like I'm not I'm the type of person where you could call me ten minutes before a show and say, Hey, we need an opener, can you get here? I'll be there. I'll wing it like obviously with the right material and everything mm. and just go ahead mm. with it because um I love I love doing it. So definitely a tour. Australia, New Zealand is the aim. Um, if we can make that international, then why not? Why not? Or yeah. maybe Australasia. Yeah. Um, just pending how this Asia thing goes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and plus we'll Australia, say. we need that type of thing as well. Can't be having just Andrew Schultz come down, David Chappelle, and then for Australia yeah. to get like, you know what I mean? It's just, it's like, oh, we've said it before. It's like anything that you sort of do in Australia, you do it right. You do it consistently. You're bound to do well, you know what I mean? If, you, if you're if you working hard, you know what I mean? Because we need that here in Australia, you know? We need content creators, whether it's in the form of some art, like comedy, YouTube, film production, and all that kind of stuff, you know? It's like people forget that our homegrown, like, like audience need that more than we think but we've got that like imposter syndrome you know what i mean where it's like okay we'll go to america for that you know we we'll go to asia for that you know but it's like why can't we just have it here you know so you sort of like set the you pave the way in a sense you know what i mean for 
the young and upcoming guys who've never done it before. Even the young, you're young and upcoming yourself, but the guys that haven't even taken that first step, you know, they go look and they go, oh yeah, Teddy's done it. He didn't just talk about it, like he's done it now, you know. And then in a way it's like you then capture like what Australia is for what it is, you know. Because I was speaking about it to actually Najim the other day, you know. was speaking about how, because there was this video, Channel 5, um, this com- comedian, yeah. And we're talking about, you know, New York side talk? Yeah. You know how they capture like the New York culture? And then after there's a Toronto version, they capture the um, Toronto culture. I'm like, bro, Melbourne don't have a culture, you know. And we're having a discussion in the gym about it. It's like, and he was pointing to me that we do. After a while, I realised we actually do have a culture. It's just that it's not displayed, you know. And when it is displayed, it's displayed by someone that it's not really in it, you know what I mean? When Andrew Schultz comes to Australia and picks on like that certain demographic. It's true, but it's not actually how it is, you know what I mean? So, yeah, I don't know what I was going with that, but yeah. yeah I feel like I, I, like I get where you're coming from because like you don't see it in just creative stuff. You also see it in sports, right? Correct, yeah. No one appreciates you mm-hmm. until like you're sort of like next level, mm-hmm. right? And... Man, like, how can I explain that? When two years ago, when I started making videos, like one of the first gigs that I got with KO Sports was with Alex Volkanovsky. Yeah, I remember that. Featherweight yeah. champion of the world, bro, in the UFC. 300,000 followers, bro. Like, like process that, bro. Yeah, Featherweight crazy. champion of the world, defending. Three, only 300,000 followers. Mm-hmm. Should yeah. be millions, man. Yeah. He's Aussie, like, good family, man. Mm-hmm. Bro, like, you know, like no dramas, no nothing, you know, no like, you know, like no drugs, no nothing sexual, nothing, you know, just a family man yeah. who has a craft, he's talented at it and is a defending champion and people still won't support that. You know, I think especially working with KO, I say with Australian boxing, yeah. anytime someone is like, oh, you know, I want to go like America, mm-hmm. like they do super well in Australia, they want to go America, it's like, nah. And then they go America they do well and it's like, oh yeah, he's Australian. Yeah. Right? So you see it in, in everything. And it's just like, I don't know, man, there's this weird thing of like, no, 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 we won't support. I guess it goes back to that whole like Chris Wills, uh, Chris Williamson and Hormozzi, you know, like, yeah. you know, when you're on your way up, everyone's like supporting you. Yep. And then when, you know, when you're up there, it's like yeah. people throw stones because, you know, you remind them of their dreams, right? Mm-hmm. It goes back to that saying, and yeah bro i don't know it's weird and yeah. like everyone is still trying to work it out like even myself yeah and it's just like it is what it is and you know just focus on um my craft and doing it mm-hmm. and then when that respect or like whatever you want to call it eventually comes yeah. money respect whatever that comes along yeah. with it when it comes it comes but for now just focus on getting better yeah. and then there'll people people always eventually come around mm-hmm. as long as they're not actively trying to tear someone down that, that's true that, that you know that's a. Uh, I feel like Australia is starting to get its love a little bit as well, you know. Now, I don't know what it is. In the last year and a half, two years, like the amount of celebrities that have been coming and not just coming once, but coming back again, like there's some sort of fascination with Australia. I think part of it has to do with the fact that everyone just wants to get out post-COVID and start travelling more and go places they've never ever been before. Or the other theory that I have is it only takes one person to realise, like one celebrity just to put it out there and be like, oh, damn, Australia is nice. Mm. You know what I mean? Or someone like a Volkanovsky to get recognition for Australia and then people wanting that desire to come down and like have a gaze for themselves. You know what I mean? Of course. But I feel like Australia is just so far, right? So I, like it's I get from, like when people don't want to come out, it's like, ah, you know, fly 12 hours, 12 hours, 16 hours. For yeah. Like, yeah. It's like, it's a huge flight to come out mm-hmm. like from LA or from England or whatever. By the way, by the time they make it to Australia, it's like, ah. Uh, they did. 
it's they're, they're dead so they can't even give that energy to the fans and people like the audience mm-hmm. and then there's also like I think a lot of companies were skeptical about bringing talent from overseas to here because mm-hmm. it's like, oh yeah, this person is big, but will it do well in an Australian market? That's true. Whilst now it's like, cool man, Australians will spend money, yeah. Yeah. but it has to be the thing that they want. Mm. Yeah, That's very true as well. And even the Australians that are here and they do well, they end up becoming American as well. I don't know if you've seen that as well. Yeah. Like American in the sense that and it makes sense, though, from a business point of perspective, mm. you know what I mean? Because there's more opportunities and stuff out there. But then they'll go reside over there. They'll move their businesses. Like, um, and it, I, it, I guess it makes sense in a way. But that also takes away from, like, Australia in of itself. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah it's, uh, man, I'm, like, I'm trying to, trying to think. Raka Raka is like a good way. example. Yeah, Raka Raka like had, like, that number one film. Raka Raka is the one from South Australia, yeah? Yeah, they're from South Australia. They're from Adelaide. South Australia. Yeah. Okay, put it this way, bro. Boys being Adelaide? Yeah. yeah. No? Dead. Uh, by okay. the way, I want to no, ask no, you about no, that. Not, not yeah. only is it dead, but look at it like this, bro. Yeah. If you're a racker, racker, you've got millions of subscribers, you're doing super well, you're doing everything. Imagine going to your local shopping center. It's like, oh, yeah, there's that YouTube guy. That's <laughs> yeah. that's the toxic thing about Australian culture is like, bro, like, um, bro, I'm not telling you go up to racker, racker or up to anyone like, you know, Sushi Mango, Be like, oh my God, you're the greatest thing on earth. We should build statues <laughs> of you. Yeah. But just be respectful. Yeah. But people always be passive like they'll give you the passive aggressive compliment mm-hmm. or like the backhanded compliment yeah. in the streets, bro. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, like I'll go to the gym, but like I'm just literally going into train and get out and people will be like, oh, you, you're the guy who makes TikTok videos. And I'm like, yeah. They'll be like, oh yeah, like, yeah, you're funny. And it's like, so, so what, what value did you contribute? Yeah. Like you're, you're probably better off just saying like, oh, you know, like saying nothing or just say, hey man, I like your video. Like if it's not going to come from the heart, so every th- it feels like every compliment that people want to give you is throw it up. Yeah. Right? Whilst in America, it's like maybe because like people don't know them so they can either go about their business because no one knows them mm-hmm. and they can go about their business knowing that the person that works at IGA or Drake's or like, which is like the equivalent to IGA in um, mm-hmm. Adelaide or it's not going to be like, oh yeah, oh man, you th- I thought you would, you'd be too good to come shop at Drake's. Yeah. Right? There's always that like, un- you know, under, you know, backhanded compliment. And it's just like, bro, you know what? You're probably better off going to America. That's true. Yeah. And then plus, they're probably I, like, I personally wouldn't do it because I like I'll never leave Australia. my family mm-hmm. behind, like as in like my extended family because yeah. my family always come with me wherever I go. But people, you know, like that are single, you know, especially like don't come from an ethnic background, they're gonna be more open to like, hey, you know what? If I go to LA, I'll see mum every Christmas. It's mm-hmm. sweet. Yeah. Right. Whilst for us, it's like, oh, you got eight. You got the second yeah. aid. Uh, someone's getting married. You got to be there. So, yeah, you know, yeah, like we've got reasons that like keeps the family mm-hmm. together. Facts. You know, also as well with America and like, I guess the UK a little bit, um, they've got celebrities walking everywhere. So it's, they're probably used to that as well. That and, uh, and there's more of a supportive culture of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like you tell someone you're going to go to LA to, you know, pursue your dreams to become an actor. They're like, yeah, you go be a waiter, do Uber, yeah. drive Amazon Flex, do whatever you got to do to support your dream. I told someone I'm going on a tour. Yeah. Just Australia, bro. Yeah. They're like, oh, you think people are going to pay to come see you? <laughs> Imagine, bro. Imagine. Like, right, and like, I didn't take it to heart, right? Because I know like, you know, you don't have my vision, so you're yeah. never going to see it. But imagine someone close to you saying that. At the audacity. Yeah. yeah. Instead of just being like, oh, you know what, bro? Best of luck. <laughs> yeah. Inshallah, you get tens of thousands of people. Inshallah, you get the hundred people that you want. Yeah. Nah, yeah. people are like, oh, so you really reckon there's a market for it? 
Yeah. People are going to pay money, go on ticket to, to see you. Yeah. Oh, okay. Who do you think you are, oh, basically? Yeah, no, who do you think you are? Yeah. Or like, but you've never done it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, I'm trying to do it. Yeah. <laughs> so like that's helping. why, yeah, that's why, yeah, exactly, man. So that's why like whenever someone says they're moving, I'm like, bro, if it's good for your circumstance, go ahead and do it. Mm-hmm. You know, like, bro, to an extent, man, I think like I probably next year got to spend like, Ramadan or maybe like a month or six weeks in Sydney because I know it's good for content. For sure. Right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, eventually that'll have to become New Zealand or America or maybe Singapore, like wherever it is. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I do hope there is the support, but it's come to the point now where I just do things without permission, man. And Dana White says it best, bro. Don't don't give an F about anyone or anything. Just do, bro. Be a doer. Get it done. Because, bro, no matter what you do in your life, people are going to have opinions. People are going to say stuff. And especially if they don't share the same perspective and the same vision, they're always going to say something backhanded and it's just going to throw you off. And sometimes that outside energy will try, like, you know, will seep within you. Mm-hmm. And all it takes is being a moment in your car by yourself and that intrusive thought will come to your mind. Mm-hmm. And you'll be like, ah, oh, man, maybe they're right. Yeah. And honestly, after I got that comment, I was sitting in the car and I was driving. And I'm like, bro. Are people even going to come out? Like no one's really seen me do stand-up mm-hmm. comedy. Yeah. And then you start second-guessing yourself. Mm-hmm. Super grateful for my wife who was there. I was like, nah, you do this. Mm-hmm. You've committed. Mm-hmm. Go the whole way through. Yeah. For the people that don't have anyone, mm-hmm. what are they going to do? Sit there. And you wonder why depression and anxiety is at an all-time high, right? Because mm-hmm. people sit there with their own demons and with their own thoughts mm-hmm. and just intrusive thoughts. And most of the time, it's people from outside telling you about your own circumstance. Mm. That's the importance of having a supportive network as well. You know what I mean? Like we're social creatures at the end of the day. Yeah. So then when we do get that validation from the people that are right to give it to us, it's exactly what we need, especially at the right times, you know? Because naturally what you're going to do is read that one comment or you're going to bump into that one person. And even though it might not directly affect you in the sense that you're not going to entertain that guy and be like, hey, oh yeah, true. Who's going to like come to my show? Mm. But still, there's that like 1% of thought that's in the back of your head where later on, where if you have that little bit of alone time or whatever, that thought can start building up within itself. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Or even something as small as like on the release day of your tickets and you think, oh man, I've got X amount of followers. I should be able to sell X amount. Mm-hmm. And then you like, you only sell X, like Y amount. Yeah. And first thing that comes is that thought yeah. that you had, oh, like, like man, man, maybe they're right, bro. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But you really don't know like mm-hmm. how ticket sales or like whatever 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 you're doing yeah. that's you know financial will come eventually. Yeah. But yeah, sometimes perfect example is, is like the Melbourne show when you were telling us just before off the podcast where certain things didn't go to plan. You get what I mean? Of course, man. So and that's that's going to happen. You know what I mean? And then when you've got like that one percent of a hater there and that one percent of a the hater there and all that kind of stuff, at when it almost feels like everything's going wrong at the wrong time. Obviously, it can like affect you, you know. So. Of course, man. But you know, right. diamonds made uh, diamonds made under pressure. Are you a diamond? So sometimes, pardon. Are you a diamond? Not yet, man. I'm, <laughs> I'm still a piece of coal, bro. I'm working on sharpening them up, man. So we'll see. All in good time. But just yeah. on the just on the mental thing as well, yeah. I wanted to ask because it's interesting decision. Yeah, going back to something we spoke about a bit earlier, you leaving work, yeah, and obviously you've got a family and everything. I just want to understand. Not the decision. I can understand the decision, but like, how was it when you went and made that decision and thinking, oh, like it could go wrong, and like I've got a family to support, and where's this going to happen? Where's this going to come from, and whatnot? You know what I mean? I want to relate it back to like because obviously, 
like naturally as humans, we're going to seek the comfortable route in, in life. You know what I mean? We're naturally going to go that. We're going to work that like nine to five, do things in our comfortable avenue. You know, what's down our alleyway, you know? But then it takes a massive leap of faith to be like, let me just flip the script and go the opposite way, do a complete 180. But in your case, you're a father, you're a husband, you know what I mean? Like you have people that are depending on you, you've got parents as well. So I just want you to talk about that just a little bit. So to touch on like being a father and being a husband, you, what happens is some people use that as an excuse not to do things, right? Whilst for me, that was like why I should be doing it, right? So if like for me, it was like, cool, if I'm going to do it, I don't care if I've got to, going back to the whole LA mentality, I don't care if I've got to drive Uber, do Amazon Flex, I don't care if I've got to drop a bag at someone's house and they look at me, they're like, oh, aren't you that guy who's you know famous on t Instagram and TikTok? I don't care. You know why? Because I've, I've got humility, number one. And number two, bro, I used to do YouTube. I stopped that completely. I've lost it all. I know what it's like. And if it means going to that, to get to, to get what I want, then so be it. That's number one. Number two, everything that I've done whilst working has been super well. Imagine what I could do if I have all that extra time to yeah. make content, talk to people, go to the right places, yeah. and you know, network with people that will help me, you know, become a better person and everything like that. And sometimes, bro, sometimes the people at work that are holding you back. Mm -hmm. You know, people, are the, they're the ones that are saying like, oh, no, nah, man, I don't know if it's going to work out. I don't know. Thing. Mm -hmm. And you know, I, whenever people say, oh, you know, I want to leave my job to do this. It's like, bro, you can just drop casual, man. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like, bro, there's so many options. There's part-time options, casual options. But yeah, but for me, it was like, cool, I'm going to leave. If I'm already doing good enough whilst working, mm -hmm. then I'm going to do better. And, you know, I left the job, you know, like following... <laughs> like following metric, like whatever metric you want to use, followers and everything. But growth-wise, I left on, like let's say at 100% rate, I grew 60% wow. in the six months that I haven't been working, bro. Wow, yeah. Right, 60%. Like an average business grows like 3 to 5%, bro. Yeah, I know. I grew yeah. at 60%. Mm -hmm. You know, alhamdulillah, I've managed to match my wage. Mm -hmm. Some months are even higher. Yeah. You know, some months are lower. Mm -hmm. But you know what? It's a gamble. And I'm betting on myself. So that, you know, that, that's the gamble I was willing to take. Mm -hmm. And that's the risk. And you know what? Some, sometimes you just got to throw yourself in the deep end and learn how to swim, right? True. You know, and if I mean sacrifice, bro, like, man, I wish my wife was here. Yeah. You know, that first two months of me not working, everything had to be adjusted. Because when you're getting a nice income every week, cool, we can manage distributor like this, distributor like that. Thanks. When you're not getting that, you're just getting a lump sum every now and then. Mm -hmm. It's like, all right, cool. How are we going to manage, you know, like our, you know, finances? Girls are doing kinder, childcare, mm -hmm. you know, like things, things yeah. are happening. Someone's getting married. Oh, sweet. He's got to buy a new outfit. She's got to buy a new dress right. and everything. So, you know, that that's all part of the learning process. Petrol, and Petrol prices as well. Exactly, man. You know? Things, bro, rent raises, interest rate rises, yeah. everything rises. Yeah, facts. You know, sometimes you just got to, you know, r ride the wave and, you know, so hope hopefully you make it out on the other end and that's what I've done, man. And alhamdulillah, like, I have, I've, bro, like, some of the craziest, like, bro, there was this time and I'm going to tell you this story because I was telling Bilal Assad. Mm -hmm. I was sitting with Bilal Assad and I told him this story. There was one time, subhanAllah, I was at a point where I was like, bro, you know what, maybe I've got to go back to work, man. Like, this video stuff, maybe it's good, like, just for, like, an extra side income. Everything, 
it's, it's not worth it. It's probably like worth me just going back to work, earning an honest living and making videos for fun. And then whatever comes out of that is just re residual. We can use that to do in the luxurious things like go on a holiday. I'll, go, I'll get an email from a gambling company offered me a six month contract, six figure contract over six months. One post a week, six figures for six months. I don't have to lift a finger. All I've got to do is post once a week regarding that. Imagine you're getting the thought of you want to go back to work and someone from a gambling company offers you six figures for six months. What do you do in a circumstance like that? Tempting, man. Do you take that's tough. Do you take that as a as a Muslim? Do you take that and be like, hey, I gotta look out for my family? Or do you eat the humble pie and say, nah, I'm good? And, and it's easier said than done as well. Exactly, you know easier I mean? said than done. So everyone, uh, like when you're a content creator, influencer, people just say the things you say yes to. They don't say the things you say no to. Mm -hmm. If I could sit here, do a one hour podcast on just things I've said no to along the way because it compromises who I am and what I do. Yeah. I said no to that. The next day, KO Sports come up and they're like, hey, Bang. we actually want to do a long-term contract with you. Yeah. That's amazing, yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. So it's, it's very easy for someone to look on the outside and be like, yeah, man, he's living a good life, here's everything. But bro, just every, bro, I've got at least one moment a month where I'm just like, all right, man, time to call Derrim at gym. Yeah. Or to maybe call the boys, yeah. you know, man. Yeah. <laughs> maybe call Ali's dad and say, bro, you yeah. got anything for me, man? I might need a gig I'll somewhere else. pick and pack for like two, three days just to make ends meet. Yeah. And then, um, you know, and, there, and then there are times where I'm like, nah, I'm glad I left that job. True, yeah. And that's just and that's just part of business, man. Mm -hmm. It's it is what it is. It's the beauty of uncertainty as well, right? Because like you said, you had one month where you didn't make under your wage, but then the another month you make over. So you don't know, but then that's the whole point. That's the whole point of the process. Mm -hmm. Going doing what you love and then you'll see the rewards a bit later. And something I got told at the gym was like every because my mate is like, How are you? I'm like, Yeah, good. And I had a really good month, alhamdulillah, income wise. And I'm like, yeah, alhamdulillah, good. And subhanAllah, every time I have a really good month, I look at my wife and I'm like, man, like we've got some excess, maybe we can do something with it. Just a bill or something will come. Like whether it's regular insurance at the same time <laughs> oh, or just yeah. something they'll throw you off completely. And we're just like, oh my God, we did not foresee that. And I remember the guy coming up to me at the gym, like he's like, man, you're all right, you seem a bit off. And I'm like, yeah, man, just like got regular insurance at the same time. Yeah. And you know, just throwing me off completely. And it's like, let me tell you this, brother. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will always send something like that your way when you've got that extra money because he knew you'd probably do something stupid with that money. Mm. And since then, I've had that perspective of, you know what, whenever I do get a hardship or a moment of hardship, you know what, maybe this is for the better. Yeah, point of perspective, you know. Of course. Yeah, point of perspective. You don't look at the obstacle and be like, oh, like, why is it happening to me? Yeah. Like, what's going on here? You know, maybe look at it from like a different point of perspective. Where it's like, I'm sort of grateful for it, you know what I mean? Because what would have come out from it, you know what I mean? It's a good problem to have. Yeah, it's a very, yeah. it's a very, very good problem to have. Especially um, if I'm capable to pay it. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, you know, this could have come on a bad month mm -hmm. and I'll be thrown off completely. So, you know. And plus you've only got one life to live as well. So it's like, you might as well make the most of it. Like the way that I see it is like, like make as much memories as possible. So then later on, when you have kids and grandkids and whatnot, you have stories to at least tell them, you know what I mean? That's like that's the way that I see it. Core memories. I saw a TikTok and it's like, you know, you should record and make content because 
this is what you're going to show your kids. Like whenever we speak to our parents, like, oh, what was it like back in the days? But they've just got fibs and stories. Yeah, facts. Right? Whilst like for us, we're going to have photos, mm-hmm. you know, in some instances, videos. Yeah. You know, like Ali, you're going to have videos from from your 75 hard where it's just going to be like, well, man, this is what dad used to do before I had you. Mm-hmm. You know, I have photos from, from bodybuilding days where I can yeah. show my daughters, be like, hey, your yeah. dad was shredded yeah, yeah, and yeah. not just and not just tell yeah. him and talk about it but like yeah your yeah, dad yeah. used to bench yeah. like nah here's here's the receipts so you know it's uh, it's good man document make, along yeah the way. document it make the memories and that's why like i might be taking a slower route by taking my family everywhere i go that's true but the memories i'm making along the way is absolutely priceless and worth more than any cent yeah. because kids get to a certain age bro they're too cool to hang around with their parents yeah dude my my auntie's husband went out <laughs> to pick up his daughter and he's like oh let's grab some lunch went to grab some lunch he went to pay f- with cash she's like oh my god dad ew that's so embarrassing <laughs> <laughs> and it's like this is the age they're at yeah we're yeah. paying for cash is embarrassing like i'm embarrassing her yeah. by paying with cash yeah <laughs> but let's so say he's like lucky i've got all the memories when they were younger and not too cool for dad yeah <laughs> Yeah, that you can remember on the way exactly. up. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, when my daughters are watching this and they're like 10 to 12 years old and yeah. they're like, oh, you know, I can only hang around my friends and do That's things. That's true, yeah. I'll be like, cool, at least we went Gold Coast, we went Sydney, Bondi, swam at the beach, had true. fun, you know. Yeah, you but know, that was... We, we, yeah, exactly, man. We dropped that prime bottle on the floor and exploded everywhere. Yeah. It's like, at that moment, you're like, oh my God, I can't believe this is happening. But you look back and it's good memories between... Sh- shared memories between them and I. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. My dad's not just an aerator. <laughs> of course, yeah. <laughs> Show them receipts when they're like, oh, you know, when you were young, I used to take you on holidays. Yeah. It's like, well, yeah, actually, I did. Exactly. <laughs> Here's all the photos. Yeah. Have a look. 100%. And when they get to the age of, I guess, like consciousness or whatever, you're going to be probably completely bold with maybe a grey beard or something along those lines. And they're not going to look like your dad and be like, oh, he was actually fit at one point. You know, he yeah, could. Cool. Yeah. You know, it's like you see photos of, like, I was looking at it because, um, I was looking at it because my grandpa's brother, when he like he was in the army, like back in the day, in like Somalia or whatever, and I've only seen him in a fragile state. You get what I mean? And it's like you look back at that photo of them when they were just young men, and it's like, oh, this guy's just a handsome bloke, like a long Do you get what I mean? And he, he looked kind of like me. He's got a bit of muscles, whatever. You know what I mean? He's not fragile, bending over and stuff. And of it's course, like, man. yeah, it's you know, it's it's it's, it's funny because they wear their life experiences right on their face. Yeah, yeah and I think. Um, I forgot who I was talking to and they're just like, oh, you know, I want to get rid of my like smiling lines, you know, like when you smile, yeah. you've got these lines here, they're like, I want to get rid of it, I want to get rid of it. And it's like, dude, like when you get older, mm-hmm. you, you know, the life experiences wears on someone. You know, when you see someone, we've all worked at a job where we've seen someone old and miserable and bitter. True. But you see it on their face before they even speak. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Just because, bro, they probably like grew up thinking like, oh, you know, I'll just work my whole life and look after my kids and then the, their wife ends up leaving yeah. and then they end up staying bitter their whole life and then they're old and still bitter. I don't want to be that person. I want to be like, hey, I've got a neighbor called Tony yeah. and bro, him and his wife come out every day, throw their bikes on their four-wheel drive. Mm-hmm. They take that to Williamstown. They ride all the way to the city like crazy. But you see them, voila, they look the happiest people on earth. You want to know why? Because their whole life has been like, hey, you know what? 
when I have or like when they had kids, they did things with them. Mm-hmm. You now that the kids are older and gone off, yeah, they they now go do their own thing. They're fit, they're healthy. Mm-hmm. You can see the happiness in their face. Like they're grateful for the smallest things, man. Yeah, and you know, life experience just shows on people's face, man. Yeah. It, does. it does. That's what it's all about. Like especially, like hopefully you can, you get to stay in this um, entrepreneur like lifestyle because then you get to spend with time with your daughters. You're able to like make time whenever you can. Whereas like. Don't get me wrong, the gym job's probably a, a great job to have, but you won't have that flexibility of hanging out with your your kids, your your wife as often as well. For sure, man. Like I just turned thirty and I've said to myself the next decade, that's what I am dedicating my life to, is doing all of this for the next decade. Because I know my daughters are four and three. By the time they're thirteen, fourteen, if I'm not funny anymore or I just don't enjoy it. I could go work at a gym or be a pickpacker or be a tradie yeah. and it's okay yeah, because at least in their youth I was there actively present the and you know it. making the most of it and active you know, 100% man mm-hmm. you know whether it means just it's crazy because being at this age the things that's so impressive to kids is like eh it's alright but for our parents it was like nah like yeah. bro when my daughters ask for Maccas yeah, yeah cool man I'll pull in Grab yep. Maccas, yeah, cool, thank you. You're happy with a Happy Meal. It's the greatest thing ever. Mm-hmm. But I remember growing up, whenever I asked my parents for Maccas, they're like, nah, yeah, we've got food at home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, for every no that my parents said to me, I feel like I'm like, nah, you know what? With my girls, I'm going to give them everything. Yeah. So when they get to a certain age and they turn around and they're like, oh, nah, you you didn't do this, you didn't do that. I'll be like, actually, yeah, come yeah, here, I'll show you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And there's no fault on your parents for that because they had other things to worry about. Do you get what I mean? And Bro, you know what I, mean? I don't fault parents because they didn't know any better, bro. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, like we live in a time where, alhamdulillah, we know better. We've got the education, you know. Mm-hmm. When you boys have kids and you message me, be like, hey, this is happening. Is this normal? Oh, yeah. Um, I'm like, yeah, actually it is because mm. you've got someone to turn to. Correct. Bro, there are podcasts for dads, bro. Mm. <laughs> yeah. You know, like there are YouTube series for, uh, you know, for mums, yeah. you know. You know, p- people used to, like women just used to give birth and be depressed and be like, oh, well. It is what it is. Uh, whilst now it's like postnatal depression and you know True. there's information out there. Random question. Do you do you believe in the, that there's bad parents out there? <sighs> yes and no. However, I'm not I'm not one to say who is Yeah, who. no, not who. Like yeah. but can you do you think parents can be bad? Parents can be bad because sometimes and we see it especially in sporting environments where you see some parents want to live their dreams through their kids so bad yeah right you know we see it whether that's at a combat sport gym whether that's at a gym whether that's at the footy field people are just like bro i was at the collingwood versus brisbane final bro yeah sitting next to sitting next to like some like a family behind me and they're like telling their son like this is gonna be you one day like make <laughs> yeah. sure like make yeah. sure you keep rocking up to training and everything it's like can the son just enjoy the footy game? Yeah. Right. So they're like, and that's just one example from what I see because I worked in the fitness industry for so long where, mm. you know, there are parents that are just like, you know, forcing their dreams and beliefs and everything that they wanted to be through their kids. Mm. So yeah. that's one way that yeah. I see it. I asked that question because I saw a video of um, like this Asian girl on TikTok or whatever. And you know how like the Asian, like, parent-child like dynamic which is similar to like majority of like ethnic families and whatnot and she gave it from like a different point of perspective where she was like oh i never understood like why my parent never took me out to whether go to this sporting event or go to the swimming pools on the weekend and whatnot um or have like a proper dialogue with her that i would see my mates have like my white friends or something along those lines you know 
But she goes, one thing that I realised my mum done for me, like always throughout growing up, was she would always like pack me lunch. But the lunch that she would make for me wasn't like a quick crack three eggs open, bang, make an omelette, boom. You know, she will spend hours like preparing like the pasta from dough and whatnot. And that was like the love that she was sort of giving to her. So the love of her parenting was given in a different means, different to that of, I guess, the way that our friends might explain to us and what we see, you know what I mean? So it's just like an open perspective. I was like, you know, I was like interested in it, you know? It is, and I think everyone's love language is different. Very different, yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. um, you know, there are some people that, you know, you love wholeheartedly, especially sibling love, right? Mm -hmm. You know, but you'll never turn to your sibling and be like, hey, oh man, I love you. Yeah. Right? It's very that rare occasion. You know, maybe if they're getting married and you're just like, bro, man, I'm, I'm so happy for you. You know, <laughs> yeah. I love you, man. Yeah. You know, but it's never like you sit there and be like, hey, you know, I love you. But no, yeah, everyone's love language is different, I guess. That's, that's the best way. And like I said, the knowledge is out there for us to consciously be like, hey, I got to really, you know, make sure I tell my daughters I love them because yeah. they're going to go seek that love from someone else, mm -hmm. yeah. you know. That's facts. Um, 2023 is sort of like coming to a wrap. Yeah, this year, I don't know where it went. Like, subhanAllah, it just disappeared just like that. Um, when we last had you on the pod, it was in 2022. And obviously now it's at the end of 2023. Has there been something that's like struck out to you, something that you've learned this year that's you've been like, I want to take into like the next year, you know? So in the, question. Yeah, look, in the next year, I just want to do without, uh, like, I just don't want to seek permission anymore, man. That's the one thing that I've learned this year. Don't seek any permission. Um, no matter if something, my intuition tells me, like, it's the right thing to do, mm -hmm. I'll go ahead with it. Yeah. But I spent majority of my life seeking permission, whether it's from my parents, whether it's from my siblings, whether it's from my cousins, friends, whoever it is, always seeking permission to do things. It's, it's come to the point where, like, this year, like, I looked at my wife and I'm like, as long as everyone under this roof is good, I'm doing it. You know, like um, you know, and it's you know, it, m it might turn some people off, but you know, I'm I'm sick of consulting people, bro. And I think that's the one thing I'm gonna take with with me into next year. Mm -hmm. You know, whether I want to train or whether I want to do ballet, whether yeah. I want to do yoga, like whatever I want to do with my life, mm -hmm. I'm just gonna do it without seeking permission, and you know, looking too far into it. Why not? Yeah, yeah, right. or seeking validation. That's why Tim Ferriss actually has that outlined early in his um our work week book where he goes um uh seek forgiveness not permission you know because you can always go back to someone and be like hey sorry i tried like my bad you know what i mean because the extra effort that it takes into asking them waiting for their opinion that will probably take you off your mojo in regards to that venture that like you're trying to do you know um how about you boys how about you boys got what? anything for next year <sighs> well I've, I've got a, a massive fascination with bjj now I want to compete. That's my number one goal probably. Like by next year, inshallah, get into either one mixed martial art competition um, and then have like my BJJ competition as well. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Other than that, like other than that, you guys might see that down the line. Who knows, you know? But other than that, man, it's just like take the podcast like to a whole new level. You know what I mean? Like our Spotify wrapped, I was looking at it last night, got released, you know? And it's like, it's funny because you just go, 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 do the work every single time, but you never like stop to like ponder like what has this work sort of amounted to, you know? Like I would have said the podcast obviously grew this year, but I wouldn't say it significantly grew. But then when Spotify wrapped gives you analytics for the year and you goes, okay, you've grown like exponentially this year compared to last year. It's like, oh, where did all that numbers go? You get what I mean? It's crazy when you just have your head down and you're working, you know? But you know that when you're doing it at 50%, you know, so similar to what you said before, 
like with like the mental clarity when you have a clear mind you're able to do more you know so i'd probably go on into next year have more of a clear mind and just do everything that i said i was going to do that i didn't give it the effort you know so for sure yeah. and going back to the bjj thing i think the one thing that we should all do just have a crack yeah facts yeah you yeah. know like just whatever happened to the old aussie mentality of just having a crack well that's how that's how the bjj thing started you know because obviously i've been wanting to do it for like two years you know everyone always wants to do something you get what i mean whether it's like bjj or like they want to become like a painter or something they have that little side like niche you know but for some reason i never like started it anyway so then i was going through this period at like because i just finished my master's you know so i was on this like little off period where all i was doing was work and podcast you know what I mean? but i didn't have that sort of third like avenue you know i remember one one day i'm just sitting at home then i get a call from one of my mates we're just talking and at this point in my life i was like way past like the whole self-development journey and all that kind of stuff because at this point it was like i've i haven't heard it all but everything that i've heard like i understand but the action was lacking you know what i mean anyway so he goes and he sends me this clip i'm like yeah i'll listen to it whatever anyway one day i'm just going to go grab um, groceries going quick drive the video is like 15 minutes and it's by this guy bedris kulian yeah and he has like this saying like average is the enemy whatnot but at the end of that saying he has the concept of like flipping the switch you know and the importance of creating like a community you know that's different to the community that sort of you have to rock up to in turn you know because you have to sort of be with your family you sort of have to go to work to make a means you know but that thing you do for yourself you don't have to do you know what i mean you're doing it purely because like you enjoy it you know i'm like rah bro stop like like stop thinking about this and just go. So I've done one session ever since then. Actually, like, like I just been posted and it's like the best thing in the world, you know. And I was speaking to these boys about it the other day. It's like going back to another video that I saw on TikTok. It was explaining like the differences of like the places you spend the most amount of time in. Like everyone's got the first place, everyone's got a second place, but not many people have like a third place. And that third place being somewhere that is different to obviously your first and second, you know that you go and create your own little like community because going back to it like we're all social creatures you know what i mean and obviously i'm fortunate enough to have the podcast as a third place you know what i mean but it's sort of like i have to do that do you get what i mean because it's sort of become like work and it's a hobby commitment. That, it's a commitment that i've made you know but when i've when i went to like bjj and the community there the environment and it's like like i would say to people like just go and do that like one thing where you build a community you know it's like you leave school yeah and when you do leave school school you had to go to that yeah but you never have that feeling. You know, when you look back at school, you're like, oh, it's nice when you had all the boys together at one spot where you know you'd see them every single time. You know, the two places I sort of feel like I get that is like the masjid. You get what I mean? When you rock up to the masjid and you see familiar faces all the time and it's like you have a conversation with that, with that one person and be like, oh, this is what I got up to in the, like, the last two months. The other place was like BJJ. It's like a community. Everyone's there for the same thing. There's no ego on the map. You're doing your thing and you're getting that 1% of a win every single day, you know? So, yeah, that was a long-winded rant, but yeah. No, that's, no it's, it's, it sounds very therapeutic. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Interesting, man. How about you, Ali? How about you, <laughs> For myself, it's more of, like you said, to taking having a crack because I think um, after the travels at the start of the year, what kind of tweaked that, sparked the light, basically, was the Thailand trip we went on with the boys Yeah. because the first time was actually doing Muay Thai over there and I had no idea going into it. So that's kind of thing... Obviously, look, Muay Thai for me, I tried it. It's something I don't mind doing it, but it's not really for me. But then I'm, I'm really proud of myself of actually trying and giving it a chance. And that type of thing where it's like, okay, maybe there's other things I might love and might change my lifestyle. Mm. So like for now, I'm doing 75 hard, you know, the challenge. And 
that in itself is giving it a crack seeing can i do two workouts 75 days consistently which is super difficult mm-hmm. um so there's that there's also like the content creation of that part which is getting really hard right now because it's like i kind of feel like close to burning out but obviously i'm still doing it i'm going to finish it as well i know that and that's where it's like i'm trying these things to see how much i actually like the like implementing this in my lifestyle going forward so like content creation i love the idea of trying new things expressing myself in terms of like things i like fitness mm-hmm. self-development all these kind of stuff and even with the podcast like getting guests that we don't usually get on yeah. you know specific like psychologists we don't get as often now but we do want to start getting it more mm-hmm. frequently and also extra content we did one video but we want to do more and in terms of just giving it a crack making it happen taking the action trying these new things i think that's what we really want to do next year it's not easier said than done, yeah? yeah? It's not that it's more out of your comfort zone, but you actually learn a lot after taking that Facts. leap of faith. And the best things all, like, not to sound so, like, whatever, cliche, whatever, the best things always come from when you do something new that you're not used to, you know? Like the 75 hard for him. Like, I even forgot we released a YouTube video, you know? And I still remember the, the, the moment, like, afterwards we went out for a month with the boys or whatever, when that first video came out onto YouTube, you know, because for the longest time, I've always said, like, I enjoy, like, picking up a camera, recording and all that kind of stuff. But then I never go out and actually go and release it to, like, the public, you know what I mean? You're bad like that, huh? Very bad like that. Yeah. Like, I'm the guy that has a camera. Yeah. I'm the guy that's... You're the guy that has scuba diving license, everything. Scuba diver license, <laughs> pen, li- <laughs> pen license, the whole lot. <laughs> Storage maxed out on my phone, my SD cards. But it's not released, you know, but... That sort of blessing comes from being with the boys as well because it sort of balances out, you know, because someone might be like, hey, you'll just release it, you know what I mean? Mm. And I might be like, hey, let's try and like perfect it a bit more. But when you have like that balance, you, you like meet in the middle and it's like, I can definitely say one of the biggest highlights was re- like releasing that YouTube video, you know, because the feeling afterwards is just like you can't explain again, you know what I mean? 75 hard for you mm. with Thailand. and But you'll be surprised, like you'll see it as well. If you start, actually when we start posting videos, mm. by the fifth or tenth one you'll be like it's not that hard look at the episodes we're doing we've been doing podcast episodes for like three plus years yeah and we don't even think about the upload because it's just we do it every week it's so normal now effortlessly mind you you get what i mean and it's like so what would have happened if we like actually put effort into like the social media account what happens if we put effort into um like sort of breaking outside of that box that we're so comfortable in you know so I i see with my personal videos as well I remember the first week of 75 Hard, I was thinking, yeah, it's going to be perfect, the colour grading, you know, transitions, all this kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah. But right now, I couldn't care less. <laughs> I'm just making sure I'm posting it. Yeah. I'm still consistent. And it's like, bro, you, yeah. it's just second nature now. Because mm. I think, you know what it is? You, you're, your own, you're your own worst inner critic. You get what I mean? That, like, that little voice that's in your head is always going to be like, ah, nah, like, let me just like perfect. You probably would have had that with like the comedy show and whatnot. That's why I couldn't sleep at night, man. Yeah, mm. you know? And it's like, when in reality, no one realizes like the smallest things. Like I remember, mind you, I was proper analyzing you at the comedy show, yeah? Um, and I think the only hiccup you had was just that one time you slurred a sentence for like two seconds. Mm. Your recovery was phenomenal, yeah? Thank you. But the thing is, if you put emphasis on it and be like, oh damn, I just like, like slipped up or whatever, and rather than keep going, what ends up happening is now everyone realizes it. You know, similar to like when we like the color grading, 
like putting the content out there and all that kind of stuff. It's like you're almost telling the world, hey, yo, like I'm lacking in this department. Come give me some critical feedback, you know? Of course, you manifest that, huh? You know, in a way, yeah, facts. Yeah, you, you just you speak about a yellow car. Yeah. You know, you think about yellow cars, all yeah. you see is yellow cars. 100%. Yeah, man, it's uh, being yourself critic, man. It's a toxic trait, but we all have it in us, man. Facts. Mm. One last question. What book are you currently reading? If so, if you are reading a book. Oh, I'm not reading a book, but the last book was the CEO Diaries. CEO Diaries, yeah. nice. Nice. That was the last book that I read. Mm-hmm. Um, the next book I'm gonna read, I think it's called Deep Work. Yeah, yeah. Was his name? Cal um, Newport. Cal Newport. That's the one. one. Yeah. yeah. So I've got that, and I've got another book by um, what's the name? Jerry Seinfeld. But that's like comedy related. Comedy related. So I'm yeah. like, it's not really a book book, but yeah, giving that a crack. Mm-hmm. Something right? different. Yeah, something no, different, good. and just like reading about, like you said, man, with self development, it's jarring. Uh, it, it gets jarring. And sometimes, like, hearing something too much can almost, like, turn you off. Well, at least with me personally. Yeah, I'm like that as well. Definitely. Yeah. But um, I think we'll wrap the episode up there. Thank you, Teddy, for coming Done. on the podcast. And congratulations it. once again. Thank you. Um, for that successful tour. Um, Big achievement, man. On the, on the content side of things, we'll definitely do a YouTube content, you and I. Um, you and us, sorry. <laughs> Thanks, bro. <laughs> with <laughs> with <laughs> <fair thinker>. <laughs> <laughs> Um. But any I'm last messages? I'm, I'm back in training, so you're back. In, we'll do perfect. a training video too. Yeah, I'm back into training officially. First week back. Nice, congratulations. So I feel good. Um, but you guys know the drill. I'm not even going to ask him where you can find him. You know where to find him. Oh, uh, this is this guy's like the rappers in America. You know, <laughs> you know who it is. You, you know who it is. <laughs> you just hear the lighter. <laughs> oh yeah, it's Lil Wayne. <laughs> now, thank you for coming on the podcast. Um, Always a pleasure. Once a year. Yeah, what's a yeah. year? Yeah, I think we'll am, say am I yesterday. the most recurring guest? Or? Yeah, I think so. Wait, has, I, I think, think this will be like this will make me. Yeah, this one will make you yeah. the most recurring. You know, what I mean? well, you you almost had a seat on the podcast at one point. Do you get what I mean? Hey man, the seat's still available. Just hey let man, me know. let me know. Yeah, let me know, man. Take the studio, take everything. <laughs> yeah, whenever you need me, I'm here. <laughs> what about these guys? <laughs> keep them. Yeah, you keep them as well, man. It's all good. I no, appreciate it, Teddy. Um, you guys know the drill. Make sure to like, share, subscribe. If you made it this far of the podcast, let us know down in the comments and we'll see you guys next week. Peace. And last but not least, give them a five-star rating on their <laughs> Spotify. <laughs> yeah, you heard the guy. <laughs> Go. <laughs>